Hello, this is Janet Gallon welcoming you to Love Letters Live. And today's guest, I'm going to just dive right in, Allison Hitchcock, who runs an enormous letter writing project to patients with cancer. Is that correct? That is. That's exactly what my um, charity is about. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you talk about you and Brian and just tell us for a start how it began. Okay. So... This, the story actually began back in 2009 when Brian Greenley, who is the charity co-founder, and I, we met on a yoga holiday in India. And we were, there was a group of eight of us, nobody knew each other. Um, and I think Brian thought that I was quite aloof. And I thought that Brian, that, I, that Brian thought that I was quite aloof. Oh, aloof. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. And I thought that Brian was quite flaky. <laughs> so, so we didn't have much in common and we didn't particularly get on. Um, but then in the in the last lesson of the yoga, the holiday, we were both in headstand and we both broke wind. <laughs> and we heard each other. We burst into tear, into laughter. Goodbye, and we, goodbye for aloof. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> And we realized that we had, you know, a shared sense of humor. And and so we became, you know, we became friends. Um, but when we got back to the UK, we didn't really see each other very much uh, because we both got on with our lives. Um, and we met up just a few times for drinks. And on, I think, the second or third time we met, Brian had just been diagnosed with stage three bowel cancer. My goodness. And he came to the drinks and he wasn't going to tell me because he didn't really know me that well. But of course, the only thing in his mind was cancer. And so it, it came out. And of course, I felt quite awkward because I didn't know him that well and I didn't quite know what to say. So I just blurted out, I'm going to write letters to cheer you up um, throughout your treatment. And I don't know why I said it. I was working in the city in financial services. I, I wasn't a writer at all. And apparently Brian went home and he thought, well, she's a bit weird. <clears throat> That'll never happen. Um, and of course, I went home and thought, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, not only have I said that I'm going to write letters, but that they'll cheer him up. So they're going to have to be funny in some way. Um, and what's funny about cancer? But then I thought, no, he's got cancer. All I've got to do is write a letter. And so two weeks later, I sat down on my couch with a glass of wine and I wrote my first letter. And that was the first of 100 letters that I wrote to him as, as he went through his treatment. OK, so I have a question about that first letter. And by the way, as far as aloof goes, I want everybody to know that Allison and I met because you found me, Allison, somehow through the Internet. And we're both in the world of the power of letter writing. and. Um, you were so far from aloof. It was such a loving, warm, you know, let's 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 have a life together kind of an email. Thank you for finding me. I feel oh, like nice. I well. feel like I have fallen into a bag of diamonds here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what did you say in that first letter? How do you begin a communication like that? You don't know him well. He's mm. got a serious challenge ahead of him. Yeah. So I think. I, I thought because I didn't know anything about cancer, I didn't know anybody else who had cancer. So I thought I'm not going to mention cancer, but I'm going to try to make him laugh. And so for the two weeks before that, I'd gone around with a little notebook. And you know, if you're sitting in a cafe and somebody says something and you just think that's a little bit 
quirky or kooky um, or you see something and you think, oh, if I just kind of put a bit of a comedy slant on that, that would make a really funny story. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I kind of collected these anecdotes um, of things that I'd done or seen or heard oh. and just put them into a letter to him because I, all I wanted to do was distract him from what he was going through. At that time, he was going for radiotherapy every week. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if I can just distract him and just connect him back to the normal world, um, then at least he'll have a moment when he's not consumed with cancer. Isn't that um, wonderful? Okay, so that's that's a big question. Like, how do you start a letter to a stranger who's in trouble? Yeah. And, and you didn't you didn't talk about him and you didn't talk about cancer. You just talked yeah. about life. Yeah. That's yeah. okay because well, I have a couple of questions, but so talk about what this, how this evolved into, you've written what, 25,000 letters, your, your department of letters. So, so yeah, so we have, we set up the charity, Brian got well again, um, his cancer moved to stage four, but in 2013, he was given the all clear and has been oh. clear ever since. Miracle so we, times, yes. Yeah. We set up the charity initially to inspire and educate other people that cancer is a very isolating illness Mm -hmm. and people going through treatment are often not at work. They're not at the school gates anymore. Friends move away from them because they don't know what to say to them. Um, and, And also in Brian's case, he had lots of family and friends, but he found himself removing himself because he didn't want their pity and he had nothing to talk about apart from cancer. Okay. So people can become really isolated. So we wanted people to understand that that's something that happens to a friend who's um, living with cancer and that you can still connect and it can be as easy as writing a letter. So that was how we started off. And then we started our Donate a Letter program. How does that work? So that's where people from all around the world write anonymous letters. They send them to us. We obviously they send them to you in an envelope. Yeah. Yeah. They're handwritten. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Handwritten letters in an envelope. It comes to our PO box. We read them and then we repackage them and we distribute them to cancer patients in hospitals and cancer centers um, and in hospices and then to people in their own homes as well. What are the Uh, best ones talk about to strangers from? oh, Oh, so nobody signs them. They sign them, but they sign them just with their first name. So so there's nothing in the letter that can identify the person. So you might talk about your grandchildren or your dog or or yourself and you might or your town, but there won't be anything. You won't give your full name. You won't give your email address. So there's nothing in the letter that can identify you. So privacy is completely intact. Yeah. Um, and of course, then that means that the person receiving it doesn't write back and doesn't so have, and doesn't have to no it has doesn't, doesn't no obligation. Feel obligated oh that's wonderful because brian never wrote back to me so we were in touch with a text or a phone call but he said i have nothing to tell you other than you know i've had some more chemo or i've had some more surgery and so he didn't want to write a letter but my letters to him were the thing that was really really important um so we now have um, this year we'll distribute 10,000 letters. Last year we distributed 10,000 letters. Do you um, want to give your PO box so people listening to this might want to join in? How do we? 
Yeah, so the best the best way to get involved is to go onto our website and you can sign up to become a writer. Um, and that is www.frommetoyouletters.co.uk. Okay, so, but also if we go on um, to whatever, you know, search engine we have, we can just write from me to you? Yeah, so if you put in from me to you, first of all, you get the Beatles. Oh, okay. <laughs> But if you scroll, if you scroll down, you find us. What's the whole thing? From me to you, letters. Yeah, but if you put in from me to you, letters, then we're there. And we'll get to you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very easily. And of course, and people can request to receive letters as well through the website from anywhere in the world. This is just huge and amazing, and I am so happy to meet you. My hats off to you for what you are doing. Um, I I do want to know well let's talk about handwriting for a minute Mm -hmm. because you know a lot of things get sent email or printed out on a computer and you know i'm big on handwriting i think handwriting is kind of the fingerprint of the heart and nobody has your handwriting but another thing that i have felt and you tell me what you think when when you get a letter that's handwritten you have you're touching something that somebody else has touched mm, yeah you know, it's kind of like holding hands across well you know i'm in california and you're in london so holding hands halfway across the world i think it's that now with um all digital communication there's no sense of touch involved anymore that's right it's the only thing that has a sense of touch and you're quite right if you if you print something off you haven't spent time touching it, holding it. All you've probably right. done is hold it. Right. Um, well, you know, maybe before you mail it off. And yeah. yes. Yeah. Although I, the I, other, I was going to say the other lovely thing is that people go out and they choose beautiful stationery. Oh, let's talk about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So stationery choice is enormous and there's so much beautiful stationery. So in, in my world of love letters, we talk about choosing stationery that really reflects you. Mm. That's a possibility. You know, if if you're a florist, for example, I mean, there's beautiful flowered stationery. Same with the envelope. Yeah. And um, if if you're writing to somebody and you know, for example, they had a history of playing soccer, it doesn't matter. There is all kinds of stationery that's appropriate. And you're right. It shows that you took the time. Yeah. And I think what's really nice, if you're writing to somebody you don't know, it's a really nice mix of so you choose some stationery that perhaps you think you would like to receive or that reflects something about you right you also take that moment to wonder who might like this piece of stationery so you don't just pick up any old card that's in the bottom of your drawer right because you kind of want to be quite proud and you want that person to feel they've got some kind of gift even though you don't know them so we find that people send amazingly beautiful stationery but loads of people make their own oh okay if people can do that yes yes yeah and the envelope art people send their stuff in envelopes and they just draw and write beautiful beautiful things on there embellishing um, the envelope it's you know what it's i mean the truth is so a letter is a gift yeah yeah the whole thing is a gift right it's a gift from one person mm-hmm. to one person yeah on this earth and you know I, you're right i see i see the envelope as a gift wrap 
So yes, embellishing it, yes. And then that that letter, do you use the same envelope that we send to you? So, so what people tend to do is they will write their letter or their card or whatever. Then they'll put it into a blank envelope, which they may decorate themselves. And then they put all of that into an envelope that they send to us because obviously we can't use the one that we've opened. Oh, okay. So that's good to tell people for us to know. Yeah. 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 Send yeah. your letter to this person in a blank envelope, but you can embellish it how you want. Mm around yeah. the end, but you leave the address free for you to fill it okay yeah yeah and some people will put in um tea bags in there because they like the thought that somebody might make themselves a cup of tea while they're reading or they might put in it's quite popular that people will put seeds flower seeds in oh in the hope that somebody will you know plant those and that's a very that kind of better way what an act of faith that is Yes, yes, exactly. Even planting something, oh, God, I say planting something that you are aware you may never see. But somebody will. Somebody will, and you may. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a kind of, it's a very hopeful future thing. Wonderful. So people And people will write poems, they'll put poems in, they'll put their favorite quotes in. Okay, good, good. Good suggestions, all of these favorite quotes. Yes. Yeah. So and I think there's, there's kind of a line between, you know, I don't know how you really would define that between being encouraging and uh, saying something inappropriate. Yeah. So we, um, we always emphasize to people that you don't know the prognosis of the person that you're writing to. Right. Um, but if you imagine you're writing to a friend and you're just so don't imagine they have cancer, just write to a friend. Um, don't talk about cancer. Don't talk about yeah. religion. Don't talk about miracles. Don't talk about prayers because, you know, you don't know their faith or where they are. Uh huh. But just write something that is uplifting and joyful um, and simple. I mean, the, the kind of connecting to people. As as human beings who would like to say hello and share a little something. Yeah. And you're not obligated to say the thing that's going to make them feel a hundred percent better. No, no, because you you can't. You never you never can. Now there's a difference also because in what I do, um, there's also letter writing to people. I, we had a whole program of writing to people who are terminally ill. Mm -hmm. And people are so often afraid to do that because yeah. they don't know what to say yes and our, our some of our letters go to hospices uh-huh um but when the when you're writing for the donator letter program you don't know if your letter will go to a hospice or a right. hospital that could go to somebody who's terminally ill we tend to find that when the letters go to hospices the um the people who work there will always read them first and they will choose who they go to okay but again, it's when you're writing, you're kind of sharing that moment yes, with them. And you're, you're not really asking them about future stuff because you don't know their prognosis of any anybody that you're writing to. But oh. you might be asking them, you might be telling them about a memory that you've got of perhaps a childhood holiday or something. And you might be saying, what's your favorite memory of a childhood holiday? And so you're taking them into their past, into oh, something. Okay. Thank you. I want to talk about that. I was going to head into that. 
because writing a letter to someone you know that you're friends with who's terminally ill, people are afraid to say something that sounds like a goodbye. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. first of all, there's nothing wrong with a goodbye if the other person is, you know, has accepted this. Mm -hmm. And, but there's an, another issue. I Long before love letters, long before love letters, I had a very dear friend who had stomach cancer and three of us went to visit her. We brought lunch. She was propped up on the sofa. She she was really near the end herself. And she was very beautiful. And she was skin and bones. I mean, she had she was just skeletal looking. There was skin stretched over her skeleton. Mm -hmm. She was the color of chalk. And we came in. And at the front door, one of the women said to me, I have a letter that I wrote her about us when we were young, could I read it to her? I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And she did. And this, this woman who had been propped up and I say was the color of chalk and looked really grim mm -hmm. in her, was listening to this letter. And oh, it was just such a moment. She started to laugh at a couple of things, actually laughing at the memories and her and color came into her cheeks. Color came into her cheeks and she was smiling and laughing. And I realized something that this actual letter was not a goodbye. This was a letter of hello to us in our youth and what it, the, the power that it had for that yeah. moment, it took her back to her strongest self. And she got to live in that for the rest of that time we were there, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. It was amazing. amazing. And that's that's exactly what Brian said with my letters. They transported him to a different place. Mm -hmm. So even though I wasn't talking about Brian and I, you know, our memories, but I was, you know, I was talking about things that we, you know, that everybody has in common. So, you know, Let's sort talk of about it. tell us the things that everybody has in common. Well, you, we all have a disastrous first date in common. I think <laughs> we all have a we all have a pet that we either had as a child or we've got now who just means the world to us. We have we had a lovely um, letter from a lady who was um, writing about her childhood holidays, and she said she lived in one part of the country, and her uncle would every year he would drive them to the seaside and the car would be packed and he'd be there driving driving and she said when they arrived he would always have blisters on his hands because he was such a nervous driver and he had a car packed with his family that he'd grabbed onto the steering wheel so hard that he got blisters um you know we've all got a story like that we've all got a story of a haircut that we should never have had or a piece <laughs> of clothing that we can't yeah. throw away yeah um so or a kindness that's been done to us at some time or a a visit to a city that you know changes oh, so, us yeah. yes i mean they're just you know and it's i find it's the the smaller the thing in life the more it resonates okay that's a very good point yeah yeah and so the person who just writes about the fact that they've just eaten a, a beautiful apple and uh -huh. it's taken them back to when their grandparents had an orchard and they'd collect the apples and then they'd 
try and eat them and they'd be full of wasps. And, you know, that has come, that's a beautiful story of a childhood that's come from just the fact that they wanted to tell you they've just eaten a beautiful tasting apple. Your point about the small things in life, I've noticed, and I I think this is probably true of all of us, that we, even in problem solving and looking at the world, and we, the small things, we can feel powerful over. Mm. The small things we can understand the small things we can solve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that haircut we should never have had. Well, let it grow out. I mean, the small, the huge things in the world that are troublesome now, we we cannot solve as one individual acting alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is just so wonderful. Now, is it if if somebody gets a letter that talks about that apple and the orchard, can that person if he or she wants to write back, is there some way or no? So we trialed that because uh-huh. recipients said that they wanted to have that facility. So we trialed it. And what we found is that very few actually uh-huh. wrote back. Yes. Um, so what we say is if you want to write back, um, instead, write forward. So we had one lady who received a letter in hospital and she wrote 20 oh um, to other people yes yeah okay oh and, and we get that an empowering thing yeah so we get that quite a lot and we also get the family members of people who have received a letter they will then write for donate a letter because they've seen the impact that a letter has had on their mum or their cousin or whatever have you received letters in your life that had huge impact so, um, yes, I think I'm just trying to think. So I think the the time when letters had the biggest impact on my life was when, so in the early 90s, I lived in Japan for a couple of years. And so there was no internet. Telephone calls were still really expensive. Right. And I lived on my own in a tiny little town, which was an amazing experience. But of course, I had nothing. It was rural Japan and I had nothing that that felt like home at all. Yeah. And so my um, my mailbox at the by the gate became my kind oh. of like the thing that, you know, when I came home from work, it would be, have I got a letter today? Uh-huh. And I think because I would explain to people at home about my existence there, people started to understand that the thing that they could do for me or the thing that would bring me the most happiness would be to write me a letter. So over, I was there for two years. And so over the time that I was there, I would have nearly a letter arriving every day in my mailbox. So the connection, you know, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, so in my childhood, the mailman was critical part of our life. Mm. and, And I was actually dating a man that I eventually married and we lived in separate cities and we wrote pretty much every single day to each other. And when the mailman, I'd be sitting at the window, you know, like a, a dog looking out the window, waiting for the mailman. And as he would walk up the street, he would either go or oh. on, on a couple of occasions where I didn't have a letter. He was so involved in my love life. Yeah. yeah. He gave me a little, um, yes letter writing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just a wonderful thing. And I was going to say something and ask what you think. There are some people who really can't write out a whole letter by hand Mm -hmm. for reasons of their own physical limitations as a rule. And 
doing it on a word processor is easier. Yeah. So <clears throat> I have encouraged people to do that if they have to, but then sign it in their own handwriting and maybe a little PS or something so that we know that someone has been there. Anybody can forge a letter on a computer. Yeah, know? so we, we get that. And so we say to people, kind of really select your font so that it's not aerial or, you know, so that the, the font is soft. Sign it by hand, but also if you can, just do a little doodle. Oh, yes. Okay. Somebody let somebody know that a real person who cares about you was there. Exactly. Yes. And the doodles give a little bit of you away as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of it unbeknown to us, our doodles mean something about us, and that, that says something to the person who's receiving it. Oh, so does, yeah. so does your kind of handwriting of course handwriting analysis is a whole other wonderful yes. Uh, too much to really take on now but i want to thank you for doing this with me well thank you so i'm going to join in this effort and i'm going to be sending a letter or two to you will yeah. you thank you so much thank we you will there's lots on our website there's lots of tips okay I, and your tips are great and i'm guessing that this is kind of all new to you all these insights about writing letters well yeah because until i until i wrote to brian right i had I didn't write letters. I hadn't written letters for years, probably since I lived in Japan. Um, and then, but actually what I wrote to Brian was just me. It was, yeah. so once we started the charity, I'm really kind of finding out about which letters really resonated. And, oh, I and, can hear that. Everything out of your mouth is solid gold. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but that's been a, it's been an education, but it's been a real insight into how people connect Yes. And how, as we talked about the little thing, how people connect with the little things. And, and it doesn't need to be big gestures. It, the tiny, tiny things. Oh, are I the like things. that a lot. I like that a lot. And it yeah. also takes the responsibility off of your shoulders to have to say something huge and important. Yes. And that's it never needs to be that. Thank you. You'll hear from me. Let me just say again, thank you. I am so glad we met. You make my heart sing. And, and also... If there's anything else that you'd like to come back to Love Letters Live for another episode that's something in particular that you'd like to share um, or even whatever it is, you let me know. Okay. I will. Thank you. Thank and, you. And I, yeah. want to, I want to say one more thing. People don't throw these letters away. People keep letters. Yeah. People keep, oh. you know, after people pass away, it is families find boxes of these letters and it has been not that it's relevant here, really, but I've had the experience in my, you know, work in this area that not uncommon for people to take one particular letter and have it be part of the eulogy. Yeah, yeah. That's a really, yeah. I mean, love letters live. They just go on forever and ever. Okay, thank you. I'm going to let you go because it's probably, it's dinner time for you in London, right? <laughs> it is, it is. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It's been a joy to talk to you. Thank you. Ditto, same for me. I, I know that we'll be connected forever. Okay, thank you, dear. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.